have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. What is it like to date and have sex in the digital age? What are some of the biggest challenges that sex educators, sex workers, and activists are facing in the light of SESTA-FOSTA? How can we help people maintain a positive body image in a world where photoshopping is the standard and Western society's concept of beauty is unnatural, unattainable, and non-inclusive? And how can we remove stigma and shame from the way we feel, talk about, and express our sexuality? Joining me today to tackle all of these difficult questions are two incredible educators. You may know them as producers and hosts of the new show Sex Probs on New York Magazine's The Cut. I'm talking about Francisco Ramirez and Dirty Lola. Today, we are going to answer some very important points about education, sexuality, and body confidence. Before we start our chat with Francisco and Dirty Lola, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you'll get access to a massive international network and dating platform of over 3 million active members worldwide. Use my special promo code 7070, get two months free at SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So, today's episode with Francisco and Dirty Lola is going to address some very current issues around sexual expression and sex education. Francisco Ramirez is a speaker, tech founder, and TV producer slash host for MTV and NPR, and works in sexual health, sexual respect, and diversity and inclusion. Perfect for our talk today. He is a consultant with the UN to lead training and educational initiatives in multiple languages and in over 10 countries. He recently served as Vice President of Education at Planned Parenthood in New York City, and he also co-founded OKSO, a smartphone app providing young people with 24-7 access to sexperts, which we are all in need of. I wish we had that when I was young. Well, you know, we can go back in time, but since 2008, Francisco has offered free sex advice to strangers on New York City park benches, which is really cool, and he still does that, so you want to check out his site afterwards and uh, check out when the next time he will be around for, so... Dirty Lola is a speaker and sex educator by means of edutainment, focusing on kink, polyamory, body positivity, stigma, shame, and lack of accurate and accessible sex education available. So perfect also for our show today. I am very excited about this, as you can tell. She's also the founder of Sex at a Go-Go, which is a very unique Q&A and live variety show that's also a podcast. And I have been... I am very, very lucky to have been to uh, Southwest Love Fest and Sex Down South. So I have seen this in action and it is really unmissable. So if you, you, it's really very unique. So yeah, you need to go and see that. Um, Lola has presented her brand of sex education and positivity at events and venues like, like the two I just said, Catalyst Con, She, Southwest Love Fest, like I mentioned, AVN and UNM, among others. And when she isn't on the road and spreading the sex positive gospel, you can find her peddling chic sex toys and running workshops at Shag Brooklyn, which I'm going to have to go check out when I'm down in New York later in September. Yes, please do. <laughs> Welcome to my show, Francisco and Dirty Lola. I'm very excited. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> oh, 
thanks so much. And I'm really, really, really excited because ever since I saw that you were doing this show, uh, Sex Probs, and I'm just like, oh my God, that's fantastic. We've needed this kind of show forever. And finally, someone is doing it and it's you. And it's just incredible. So I want to hear a little bit about that. And first, like, how did you each become sex educators? What made you want to actually go into sex education and do this incredibly hard job? And, um, you know, something you've said on, on your show before, you like to call yourselves fairy sex mothers. That is perfect. It is so perfect. So tell me a little bit about this magical journey and how you got here. Yeah. Um, ooh. So I, I was always that friend that everybody asked things but since I was a little kid like it, before when we weren't supposed to be talking about sex I was the kid that was finding porn under beds and like erotic novels and reading and like oh who says cunt, cunt? Uh, and, and like watching HBO but it was just always it was more it was just interesting and all the information and I've always been a voracious reader and just very into like all things sex because it's we're not taught any of that so anytime you find anything out like about your body or like I would read something in Cosmo but then go like cross-reference it in the library <laughs> like I would go like find a book and that was always me um and then like in 20 like 2009 I was hosting burlesque shows for a friend which just felt really like my element I was in seeing and on stage, but in this sexual arena, but also meeting these amazing, brilliant people. And it was enjoyable. And I was like, I want more of this, but don't know how to get it. And I also had joined Twitter and I was like uh, tweeting microerotica and kink and going through this big life change. And I found out about Catalyst Con. Um, and I think I missed it. I missed the first one, which was actually momentum. And I remember being like, what is this? What? Oh, and I missed it. Okay. So I remember bookmarking it and checking it to see if they would come out with another date. And then when they didn't come out with another date, and then they finally said like, oh, Catalyst Con, I think the first one was on the West Coast. And I was like, shit. Okay. Well, the next time they come back to DC and I like was ready. And when I went, I remember just feeling like such a little fish and like, why am I here? And at the time I think I was just blogging on Tumblr and talking about sex on Twitter and I had a decent sized following, but I wasn't doing anything with it. And I was just mesmerized by everybody in the, it was so many different parts of the industry that came together at that conference. Like it was therapists, but also sex workers, but also, you know, sex educators, but also like, people writing about sex in the media and like everybody's there like meshing their stuff together. And that's when I first met Francisco and I went to his talk and I just remember thinking I need to do this somehow. I'm going to figure it out. And I remember going home and having a party for some random reason. And my friend who the shows I was hosting at the end, somebody would always ask me, like, a sex question or something, and I would, like, drag out my big case and, like, have you tried this? Have you seen this? Oh, my God. I got this new boob. Like, I went this place. And she looks at me. She's like, you need to be doing this for other people. And I'm mm -hmm. like, why can't you? you don't? <laughs> like, I thought she was being, like, I mean, she's like, no, 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 no. I mean, other people need to benefit from what you're doing for us in your living room right now. And I'm like, nobody 
who's going to listen to me talk about sex on stage? <laughs> so I remember it was like that implanted it, went back to Catalyst, again went to another workshop of Francisco's, and I remember sitting there, and I think it was the one where you talk about taking your daydreams and fleshing things out and like how to make them into your like a real thing. And I just remember my brain exploding and I was just writing and I had like this notebook and I like, okay, and I can do this and I can talk to this person and I, I can look at these venues. And, and when I left, I had like a skeleton of a show. I was like, I'm doing this. And it never dawned on me to like not do it or that I couldn't do I was just like, I have all these, I can make it work. And that was where Sex Out of Go Go was born. Um, and our first show, I think I had two people. <laughs> the very first one I did. And, but it didn't deter me from, from doing it. And yeah. it morphed into its current form, which is myself and the Pussy Posse, which is a guest. I think you were my very first guest. Was your, was I think you were my very, one? yes. Oh, my God. I think you were the first one that it wasn't just a go-go dancer. It was also, you were my first, like, you were the guest that, that I was like, oh, I'm naming y'all the Pussy Posse. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Francisco's been there at all parts of <laughs> my beginnings. But that's where that started, and I just kind of kept pushing through, and from doing that, it, I started going to more conferences and then speaking on other things. And a lot of what I do comes from like lived experience. So like I'm self-taught, like I, I don't have a degree, but I am, I like have a big juicy brain and I use it. But a lot of it is also, I learned like people really relate to you being real. Like that's my plan. That was always my, my brand. Like I remember people going, how'd you come up with your brand? I'm like, I mean, it's me. I'm just me, maybe like me with a bunch of exclamation points, but me. Um, and that was when Pinchill came up with a beacon of permission. And that's kind of like the thing I've honed in on is that even when you think nobody is getting it and maybe you're just being self-serving, like when I was going through my divorce, just talking about it was healing and a way to vent and a way to like do it but people were messaging me like I'm going through the same thing and if you're going through this and you're amazing that I know I'm not like a piece of shit because I can't keep my marriage together or like you're going through this and you're holding your head high I can do this too and that was a big thing but also other sex educators because I was having a crisis of self mm -hmm. of like I'm getting a divorce and like who am I to talk to people about anything? But so many people were like, raise your hand if you're a divorce educator. And it was like roll call. And so that was a beautiful thing also because I, need, I needed that. And that's been kind of like my journey. It's just been as I go through things and, and keep teaching myself and learning and doing things and just sharing it with other people. And now I'm doing sex problems. <laughs> and it feels like it's just the beginning. I know. Sex. I know. <laughs> What's your origin story? <laughs> origin story. Uh, I started back when I was undergrad at Berkeley. I was in the sex uh, peer education program. I loved it. I was studying Chinese at the time. And I was, that was my major. Um, and... Uh, so I would hang out in the language lab all day and night, but as soon as I left the language lab, <laughs> actually, I never told the story, it's just according to me, I remember going to Chinese uh, Mandarin office hours and asking all the words and be like, well, how would you say this sexual thing? 
<laughs> the professors would be like, why? Uh, well, and I'm like, but this is what I work on, like, at, when I'm out of here, so I need to know these things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, wait, let's have a conversation. Right. And, uh, and I just, and I just, I loved it. I, I, I started out writing a sex column back in the 90s. And, um, and uh, gosh, I just, it's so, it's so fulfilling to do the work. And I love, um, you know, what, I think one of the reasons that I do sex probs and get to, you know, love working with Lola and, and doing more of, you know, the, I guess, out there projects is that I found that a lot of my work kind of confines how we're supposed to look at sex ed. Mm. So my origin story, if you will, does have kind of traditional roots in terms of a sex, you know, sex educator program degree and all of that. But it's also really about how do we um, expand uh, and go beyond what we think sex ed is supposed to look like. Oh, that's perfect. And yes, we do need more educators who can do that. And thank you both for putting your, what did you say, Lila? Big juicy brains into action. Big juicy brain. That's so sexy. I love it. I'm sapiosexual. So I'm like, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> so no, that's, that's amazing. And so how did this all lead you to doing sex probs now? I mean, how did you get this great opportunity to, to take your work, I guess, to the streets or to the people, basically? So this is all weird kismet about how the universe needs yep. her magic. Yep. Um, I work at Chag and we get a lot of people who will come in and uh, we get students who are asked, they want to ask questions for articles or we get journal people who are like, I don't have money, but I really need a point of view. And I'm like, always sure. Like I'm here. I want to be a part of this helping. And a student came in and she was going to school at NYU and I forget exactly what she was writing the article on she came in and she ended up talking to me and I was like, Oh my God, let me tell you all these things and all these people. And let me tell you stuff. And then yes. And this is the day my boss will be in. I'm texting her now because I'm um, to tell her you want to talk to her, like what works for you. And I'm scheduling it. Cause I was, I get really excited when people are doing something they love and I'm like, how can I help you? I want to, I want to make it better for you. <laughs> and she was really awesome. She did her project. I think she came back in for another thing. And didn't hear from her. You know, like, she came in, I think, once her, because it was part of a paper. Mm-hmm. So she, like, let us know when it was up, and I was like, thank you, cool. And year, fast forward, like, a couple years, I'm in L.A., checking my website email and realizing I had missed a bunch of messages from people that were, like, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And one was from this student, her name is Sam, and she's like, hey... So I don't know if you remember me, but you helped me back when I was at NYU. I work for New York Magazine now, and we're doing this project called Expert Witness. So we did, if you look for it, we have like a little clip and we're sex educators watching sex scenes. And so she she was like, hey, we're doing this thing and I want it to be you. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm hyperventilating my friend. At who I was with in LA is like, girl, just email her. And she's like, calm down. Email her. And tell. So I would like email everybody back to say like, I'm sorry I missed this. I, this is what happened. But, you know, thank you so much for reaching out to me. And I understand this opportunity may have already passed, but I just wanted to apologize for not getting back to you. And she emailed me back like that and was like, hey, nope, we haven't worked on it yet. I want to work with you. Do you have anybody you want to do this with? And I immediately thought of Francisco. 
and was like, oh, yes, talking to her and texting him at the same time. <laughs> Would you want to do this thing with New York Mag? It's, it's for free, but I think it's going to be fun. It'll be amazing. And we went in. It was like, what, like an hour? Yeah, it was, it was, not, it was so quick. Yeah. We did it in and out. It was great. Went up. And I didn't. I didn't think about it heavy anymore. And then maybe what, like a month later, mm-hmm. like a month later, she emailed both of us and said, your video was the most watched and our bosses love you and they want you to pitch a show. Cool. That was just like what they said to us. And yeah. so we got together, came up with a whole bunch of different topics. Mm-hmm. Then we met with Sam, pitched her like maybe five of our favorites mm-hmm. and sex problems was on there. Mm-hmm. And from that, she went and she presented it, and that was what they chose. Yep. And that was our, the one we were like, this is the one we really, really, yeah. really want to do. Yeah. Um, but, like, we'll give you the other ones, too. Right. Like, oh, this is our number one. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then from there, and then I think they were like, okay, so we're going to do a pilot, couple pilot episodes, see how it does. It'll be working for free. And we were both like, okay. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean – I know everybody's like, don't work for free. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. opportunity, you have to like craft your way. Mm-hmm. And we were both looking at it like, we know we're fantastic. <laughs> we know that you're going to love this. We know people are going to watch it. So we, I don't think either one of us were worried that it wouldn't go mm-hmm. anywhere. But then they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll pay you and let's just do the full six. And that's what we did. And so that's how sex props came yeah. out. And it's wow. really much a a vision on both of our vision I think we got a lot a lot of input just about wanting to make sure that folks were um diverse um that they were actual real problems like we're not making anything up we, we do make up the question ahead of time but we find people who kind of fit with that and we'll augment it to go with mm-hmm. whatever their thing is yeah um but I really like our producer Sam is a woman of color and just I think that really had made a big difference in the fact that I don't think once I felt like, oh, you're not bringing us people that I feel like are diverse enough for mm-hmm. this project. Like, yeah. we didn't get a string of the same mm-hmm. people. And, and you know, people can say, like, oh, it's so hard, like, booking people. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know. And that's true. Like, they were, we, we had to give up an episode because we couldn't find the people to work with us mm-hmm. for it. And we're like, we just have to rethink this. Yeah. But I think she did a really good job of bringing us, like, people where I never felt like, oh, you're not doing where I thought like I was going to have to fight. We yeah. did it. Yeah. And that was, that's been really amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh. We are, it's, it's been a dream. It wasn't a linear thing as these things often are. Yeah. Um, and we, I think we feel really, I'll speak for myself, really honored and excited that we got to create something yeah. because so now that I'm thinking of it so often people come to, I'll use the me, but if you want to... Well, you do a lot more, like, media, like, TV type stuff. And they come, but I'm sure you have got this. I I would bet that you've got things where it's like, Dear Lola, I'm writing from X company, and we have a whack proposal. Yeah. We're asking you to do something that's totally against your morals, or making the world a worse place. Right. Um, But it's sponsored by whatever. Would you be interested in selling your soul? I just turned it (laughs) on. Like three thousand dollars from a pharmaceutical company right. filming a bunch of stuff, but I'm yeah. like, I don't think this is the next issue that needs medication, so I'm not going to put my face yeah. on it. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was just, I got from this little thing last uh-huh. week. Also, probably the same people. Default email. 
But uh, so it was, it's really special to have an opportunity come into Lola's life. And so thank you for, you know, making, a, you know, a joint thing um, where it's kind of like a dream. It's a dream thing. Mm-hmm. It really is. And then it happened. Right? Right. I've done yeah. things that never yeah. saw the light of day. Oh my God. And, and you do so many projects where it's like, you work, you do it, and then you're like, yeah, and then nothing happens. Right. And I know a lot of people in our industry do stuff like that. And it's like, you might have gotten paid for it, but you're like, damn, this could have made a difference right. in my life, but also in other people's lives. Yeah. And, I think, and I think that's the thing that I've been most, not surprised, that's not the right word, but verklempt. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Ooh. I, that first episode that went out, the disability episode, I oh. cried because the disability community came out hard for us. Like, mm-hmm. and we fought, we fought to make sure we had, like we had Robin Wilson Beatty as our consultant that was on camera. Like, I don't want to just give her credit. I feel, I was like, listen, I know what goes on. <laughs> we both know yeah. what goes on. And we really fought to like, make sure we weren't the voices for, you know, a piece of marginalization. We have enough. That's mm-hmm. not one we share. And, that they and we, I don't think we had to fight so hard. It was yeah. more like, no, we really think this is important. Yeah. But that people received it so well because, mm-hmm. like, we worked, we work hard on it, and then you like it goes away, and then even when you rewatch it, it's hard to to watch it through like how other people might see it. But that people felt, people felt so seen yeah. and were just. It made, it made me cry that I was like, okay. Because yeah. I was worried. I was like, I want to do a good job. Like, not even like, I don't want to get dragged because I don't. But I'm like, I want I want people to feel like we, our allies are mm-hmm. also paying attention, have been paying attention. Like, that's really important to me. And mm-hmm. everything I do to, like, yeah. call me out. But also, like, I've been in this for a while. So I want to model that if you are really in here, you should know these things by now. Because that's what I preach. I'm always like, y'all by now. <laughs> so I'm like, we can't come in here and not be tight and ready. Yeah. Yeah. I've spoken to a lot of sex educators and I mean, they're, they're one of the biggest problems is getting paid for what you do. And like you were just saying, I mean, sometimes you do want to do something, you know, uh, like a pro bono because you think it might, it's for a good cause or it really is a passion project or you think it'll make a difference or it might evolve into something more. What other challenges have you faced as sex educators? Gosh, so many um, challenges. I feel like for me, the, one of one of the biggest challenges is being hired for something where I'm expected to be a certain kind of sex educator and then make the case that I, in fact, should be a different type of sex, sex educator. And, and that's really um, been a thread in a lot, not, not just sort of one, you know, sector of the you know, places that I've worked. And I'm certainly not saying anything negative about people who have hired me. Um, but it's more that, you know, sometimes I'll start to be hired for something where they're really hoping that I will have some little scare tactic here or there, or where I'll really push um, anything from like a certain method of uh, birth control, um, or uh, sometimes it's, you know, giving certain nods to abstinence. And so there's a dance that one does, but usually the dance is not I try not to dance that much. 
I try to really go in and say, excited about the opportunity and this is, this is the vision, this is what I think might work um, in this community or in this context or from my experience. And then, and then it is obviously conversational from there, like what do we want to create? But, uh, but a lot of it is educating people about what sexuality education includes. Um, the obvious things that people know, that you know, right, that, you know, comprehensive is not just about body parts and that it's, it, 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 it includes so much more that really impacts people's lives. Yeah. And not compromising your values and what you understand about sexuality. I, that is also, I, I'm sure, a huge challenge for basically anybody who is doing work like this in all different communities who are just trying to say, well, you know, no abstinence, you know, abstinence education is not really for, for me. It's not practical either for the kids. Uh, that's not something, you know, we need to, um, we need to be teaching them. It's, there's a lot. There's, you're right about the comprehensiveness of it is there's a lot in there uh yeah. so good for you on not compromising yeah, yeah. It's, hard. it's hard but it's hard it's hard yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think one for me i don't like i don't really think of it as a challenge because i feel like i keep i surmount it i think it's more it's become a thing of i'm realizing it's there but like the not having letters after my name or some kind of like because I can't call myself a certified you know sex educator there's not unless you want to spend money or go to San Francisco for a month or <laughs> you know like I can, I've taken a lot of little like classes but I've self-taught a lot and I've had to work really hard to say like like I'm showing you I know what I know and I have had those moments where people are like oh like I had just had uh, my bio returned and somebody was like can you beef this up and I was like I, and here's some examples and everybody had put like their things. And so I had to basically find a fancy way to put like, I got street smarts and book smarts and I'm self-taught, but also that like I've gained experience from like, I've worked in a sex shop for six years. Like I'm like head deep into, uh, you know, product knowledge and like real world world knowledge and like dealing with the public and, you know, I've been doing this show, which I do a lot of research for, so I'm up to date and, like, I'm always abreast of, like, what's going on in the news because somebody might ask for it. So it's not just going on and being funny. It's, like, I'm always, like, what do I need to know? What is the new thing? Like, oh, we can get – there's, like, super gonorrhea. I need to know that because we don't get our questions beforehand. People mm-hmm. write them down and I pick them up. And literally, like, I see them as I'm reading them. So I, I'm, like, always – going through but then I think it's also kept me from doing things like I've worked with some schools and I know I could be doing more if I maybe had mm. a de- you know mm. schools don't want to let me in I end up working with teachers because a school is not going to pay me and so teachers have called me and I've like done free which is fine it's for the babies but I've gone in to do Q&A for kids and from I did a middle school I did so I've done high schools Sometimes even even at colleges, like they're like, "What are your credentials?" And I'm like, mm. "I've been doing this show for six years. That's mm. my credentials. Like, here here's what you have." And so it's not not that I feel like I have to prove myself, but there are those moments where you're like, "I know my stuff," mm. and I don't. And while I don't kick anybody's college education, yeah. it's not always available to folks. And I think that's been where I stand up in all this is that yeah. there are a lot of folks out here who just. Of the, the last industry that needs to be mm-hmm. turning people away yeah. is sex education. And if there are folks out there that are out there banging in and trying to 
learn and do as much as they can, especially when we don't have as an industry, like a real mm-hmm. solid, like, here's how you get into it. Unless you're going to like a certain kind of program or you're pulling things. I think now there's starting to be more stuff, mm-hmm. but even like Planned Parenthood, they don't give the certificate mm-hmm. anymore. They don't, they call it a cornerstone mm-hmm. program and they stop giving a certificate. So you can't even like, do that. So until we start saying, here is an affordable way mm-hmm. for you to learn these, learn all the things, but also like show you know this stuff mm-hmm. in a way so you can like go back. Yeah. It's That's just, interesting. I'm sorry, I don't mean to say No. That's interesting that you say that about the credentials and it's also frustrating. I've heard you say that before and it, I just had a flash recollection of when I first started, even to this day, doing free advice 10 years ago on the street, I have the sign, it says free advice, free sex advice, and people just come up and um, ask whatever, and it's a lot of fun. But one of the common questions that I get when people are popping by for the first time, if they haven't heard of it, I haven't sat down before, they'll say like, what makes you think you're qualified? And I'm like, I always want to be like, bro, <laughs> I'm on a park bench right. with magnetic letters for your fridge. Like, official <laughs> do you imagine right. that it is? Right. Hey, it also says free, by the way. I don't accept it for the tip. In the 10 years I've done it, this right. is a free experience because you deserve this opportunity right. to have a frank conversation about sexuality. That's all that's happening here. Right. <laughs> and why does that need some sort of qualification? I gotta shake my shingle up and show you all the things. But also, I feel like people will read Cosmo. Right. And a glamour, yeah. like all these magazines where these people don't have any credentials in the sex ed world. Well, now we're actually getting sex educators who are writing for these magazines. Mm-hmm. So snaps to that because mm-hmm. some of our colleagues mm-hmm. have been getting in there and writing. But forever, for ages, and nobody ever sat and went like, what are their credentials besides they write <laughs> for a magazine? And then when you're like out here talking about something and I'm like, I clearly know more than you though. So why are we? Right. Uh, a degree is not necessarily going to qualify you. I don't have those little letters either, right? But, and I mean, I, I have a podcast. I don't know everything about sex. I never claim to, which is why I have great people like you who come onto the show and talk about sex. And I learn from you. So <laughs> thank you for educating me today. It sucks that it's harder for, you know, for you, for example, to get uh, a job in a school who might want, you know, to, to teach kids when you're perfectly capable of doing that. Um, but you are like beyond qualified for <laughs> these things. I'll take a test. <laughs> My degree is in public health with a concentration in sexuality, but, you know, it's useful It's useful for certain things that I do, for example, at the UN or when I'm doing more like traditional public health. Right. But for a lot of my work, it's not, you know, the degree is not, the degree is not used. Right. Or I've spent a lot of time talking to my general practitioners over the years about everything, like mm-hmm. gender or just like, listen, this is what polyamory is. This is what, or ethical non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm asking you for this test you know like there's so many doctors with letters after names that don't know just general the other parts of sex ed they know yeah. the spear tactic stuff they know the you know the the narrow thing that they've been taught about but like i've had to school doctors on kink and how like these bruises are consensual let me tell you something before i take off my pants i don't need you to call anybody and also like Folks going through trauma aren't gonna wouldn't have even come in today. So let me tell you that, like they're not gonna be sitting here having a very frank conversation about how I got beaten by, mm-hmm. by my lover, and I'm just warning you. And like, then I get another doctor in for the time. I, 
I'll never forget I went in because I was like, hey, I couldn't get in to see my doctor, so I went to urgent care to get an STD test, which you can do. And they sent like six people in to ask me if something bad had happened to me. And every time, this is how I, I'm like, listen, mm. I am fine. I go, I get tested every six months. My doctor's office was booked. I need to get tested. I'm trying to be a responsible human being. Did not, nothing, I was not assaulted. I have not had any issues. Can you just please? Yeah. And now, like, why are you asking for a full panel? I'm like, because I am a sexual act, active adult. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I as and a sex educator. And finally, I was like, are y'all going to do this or do I need mm-hmm. to leave? And also, I'm not paying you if you don't do the test today. And they mm-hmm. finally like, did the test. But I can imagine if it was just somebody else who's not as mm-hmm. aggressive and forceful and knows their stuff, who yeah. just is like, you know what? I, I want to be responsible and I don't, maybe they don't have a doctor in the age yeah. of not having insurance, you know, and this is what people go through when they're trying to be yeah. just good for their own self and their bodies and responsible for their partners. And so, yeah, and this is the thing. It's like even having those letters yeah. doesn't mean you know all no. wouldn't no. resolve any of that. No. No, or have good bedside manner for that matter. <laughs> and I want to talk a little bit more about sex right after this really quick break. So don't go away. You're listening to Seek, Discover, Create. Are you looking for new ways to spice up your sex life? Do you want to learn more about relationships, sex, and health? At stc.com, you'll get unlimited access to exclusive videos, podcasts, and articles from top experts around the world. Come connect with like-minded people and explore our SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. Join over 1 million active members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today. Visit sdc.com or download our free app on Google Play or on the App Store. Use promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Welcome back to Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I'm here with Francisco Ramirez and Dirty Lola. And we are talking about sex, which is, I mean, as you can probably imagine, my favorite topic. But more specifically, we're talking about some of the challenges that sex educators have when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, keeping it real, being able to actually uh, do what you are passionate about and spread the message that you want to spread, uh, and also to get paid for your very, very important efforts. And some Something else that I know has been a huge issue when it comes to sexuality, especially lately, is in light of SESTA-FOSTA, which I'd love to have you go into a little bit more about what that is and, and everything, but how, I mean, it is virtually impossible these days on social media to get your message across, even if it's a positive message about sexuality, even if you're just talking about, uh, you know, um, methods to kink up your sex life in, you know, a traditional relationship. It is impossible because social media is finding every way to block that content. So, 
if you're a sex educator and we're living in the virtual world and part of the way you get your message across is through social media, what do you do or how can sex educators, sex workers, and activists really spread the word if we can't do it on social media? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know if the mic picked it up, but I probably did like five elephant size. I was like, <laughs> I just, I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't know all of every single person listening to this right now, but for the people who are listening to this right now who are, you know, wondering, like, is it as bad as I kind of hear it is? And is it as terrifying? It is yeah. as terrifying. Yes. And, and in the way that you, you know, captured so well right there, like, that's, that's, and I, I feel like I'm saying this almost more for myself because right. it's just, it's so, injuring is not even the word. It's, it's, it's really scary. It's really scary where we're at. So I say that for all the sex educators and activists and everyone who's wondering, like, what do we do? Please take whatever time to, like, hug yourself or do whatever you need to do to remind yourself, like, wait a minute. No, this is, none of this is okay. Mm-hmm. And we will, as we always have historically, historically, like, let me get out a scroll and <laughs> back into history. I won't right now, but like, we have historically found different ways that people's bodies have been discounted or marginalized yeah. or violated or that discussions of their bodies and their sexuality and their genitals and all that. This is a fight that we've had for so long. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I, I feel like, I don't, I talk about Sesta Foss and I don't usually say it this way, which is just like, I'm just overwhelmed right now just hearing the intro of it. It's just, it's, it's really effing infuriating and I, and I, I feel like it, I just have to start there. I have other thoughts, but yeah, I no. pause there. Yeah, no, it, I think the thing is that the thing that for me is infuriating is I, I feel like the people who are just like, what is it really that serious? Mm-hmm. And even within our community, like it, it's always... I don't I don't remember who said the quote, but it was like first they came for the yep. Jews and then yep. they came for yep. blacks and then they and it keeps going down and then they came for me. Yep. That is always in the back of my mind that then they came for me. And yep. I, I feel like people and this is the thing that's been pointed out, when they were just going after what seemed like sex workers, mm-hmm. a lot of folks in the sex ed community were like, mm, like, right. you know, maybe not mm, but we're not were being apathetic and mm-hmm. not really like whatever. And then when it started like, oh, your whole website is getting shut down or you aren't able to even sell ads because the word sex is in your ad or a silhouette of a body is in your ad or mm-hmm. whatever. I think then people started getting upset and it was a very like for me, because I'm like, where were you when this was happening? Yeah. Like, you, where were you when you maybe could have affected some change and now we're like knee deep yep. in it. Mm-hmm. And like now everybody's panicking and now mm-hmm. everybody is having this moment. So that's been a thing. Um, but it is that serious. I mean, knock on wood, I haven't been, my stuff was already getting kind of like my website gets pinged as porn because it's sex mm-hmm. at a go-go. Yeah. So even if people aren't looking at it, some, sometimes it'll get pinged as porn depending on like a place's settings mm-hmm. and things. Um, and I was already going through that and kind of just dealing with like, this is what happens to me sometimes. I'm just going to talk about it. Um, but to have people just full on disappear from the, you know, a lot of people's livelihood, like it's 
Yeah. I was talking about this in like a Facebook chat and this guy was being like the devil's advocate. And he was like, if you built your business solely on the internet, like this is problematic that you're not really a good business, business person. And I'm like, it's not 19 fucking 80. First of all, there aren't any, I can't build it in the newspapers because newspapers don't fucking exist. Right. Like in New York, all the publications we used to have, the village voice, L magazine, all these things that we even regular ass newspapers mm-hmm don't even exist anymore for me to do things in print or pick another way to do advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, Digital is where we are. And to be ignorant and Mm -hmm. say like, oh, if you built your, I'm like, there's no other way to build it. Like I wanted to be analog. Like when I started Sex at a Go-Go, I remember um, looking for all those old publications and realizing like, oh, the Village Voice wasn't even printing stuff in their print when it was still print. They were like, oh, you can put it on the website. They weren't putting ads and things in there in the print anymore. And all these other things that I used to read and, and like, oh, just didn't exist. So I couldn't even be analog. I had to find like the digital version because it's cheaper for all of these publications to be, you know, digital. And like go ma- even the little thing like Go Magazine and the other things that you would find on the street, like most of their stuff is online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been infuriating that the world at large doesn't get it Mm -hmm. and they won't get it until it comes for them. So like we've seen more of that with Tumblr and now, now, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Lord. Oh Oh, now you have a problem. Now you're mad because you can't get your free porn that you shouldn't have been seeing for free anyway. Yeah. Now you're upset. But when everybody else is like, Hey, Hey, this is affecting our livelihood. You're like, well, you shouldn't have done X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, guess you can't get off the way you used to anymore. And you're not going to get your weird anime porn anymore for free because you can't. And yeah, it's just the real thing. And also just seeing people lose their livelihoods and struggle and put, be put in more danger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's for me, the thing is just actively seeing people out here like who are fine and making mm-hmm. a living yeah, yeah. and doing paying taxes yeah. and now yeah. they're like back on the streets because there's nowhere way else to do it and being put in more danger and yeah. and the fact that even law enforcement has said this isn't helping us this is we've lost the beads on all the people we were able to track and and, we were, and these rings that we were trying to break up because Sessa Foster was all about stopping sex trafficking right. and it made it worse it's yeah. made like all the avenues that sex traffickers were also using are gone yeah. and so they're gone in the wind with finding another way and they have all these people that they can no longer track and find and so that's that's horrifying mm-hmm. that there are that the chances now of even saving some folks mm-hmm. is yeah and the, and the fact that we keep equating sex work with sex trafficking because it's yeah, right. sex trafficking uses sex work as a way to make money but sex work isn't inherently sex trafficking mm-hmm. and that's been the thing we've all been saying and listening to sex workers who are like no if you don't want to be in this, you shouldn't be in this. And I am all for you not being in this and helping get, get you out of this. Mm-hmm. But, huh, yeah. Yeah. The way, and the way out, of, I mean, I, well, the, just that question of like, how do we, uh, you know, like what can we do right. as an educator? I feel like there's so many different answers to it because it, part of it will depend on 
just what it is that you're working on. You know, yeah. like, are you are you on Facebook? And if so, you know, how do you safely test? I know people create other like new Facebook accounts these right. days to test. You know, like what will get flagged and what will shut their account down, and mm-hmm. then. If it looks like it's not getting shut down on their test account, then they'll post it on their other account. Yep. But for somebody who is n- not using not the savvy. internet and doing something else, yeah, um, and has other like SESTA FOSTA related concerns or activists or whatever, then then that that won't be as useful. I mean, I I'd say even for I just remember for freaking Facebook for sex probs, I remember sharing it. And being like, hey, everyone, check out sex probs. And Facebook kept on being like, hell no, you're right. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. And I think it's because, like, if you write, hey, check out. Oh, no, it's the word yeah, sex. It's the word sex. Yeah, well, I, it's sex, but it's like, hey, check. Like, if, it's like a string. Oh. Of, so it's like if you're telling people, look. But that, you can't even use regular English language. Yeah, no. no. Like, I always say a new episode. Yeah, that's and right. I stop saying, hey, check out. Or I yeah. Because it's then it looks like you're trying to sell. Oh. Because it's so it's not even real people. It's like a robot or yeah. whoever who's been programmed to like capture yeah. what might be you selling. Yeah. Something. And the and it seems like the dro- dropping of the word sex right makes it so that people can actually see the content. So yeah. It's, so in that way, it's this weird backwards. Yeah. So I feel like and people are doing I think a as good of a job as we can of sort of trying to find these things out and sharing them just yeah. live like you just did yeah. here. Um, and I think maybe one of our biggest tools will be to actually educate around SESTA-FOSTA. Because I'm thinking about, like, as an analogy, absence-only education. Right. Uh, where a lot of people for, you know, in, the, like, the 90s and 2000s when we were talking about it a lot of like in a newer way, I remember people being like, yeah, that's fine. Right. And then it's really when I'll like talk with people who are, you know, middle of the road or progressive or whatever. And we'll be like, we're talking about factually inaccurate information being shared with your children. Right. So personalizing it, not like everyone, but like your children getting incorrect information, information. And then that's when people be like, well, I don't know about all that. Right. Well, Go ahead. No, it's and you're and both of what you're saying is until it affects somebody personally, no one gives a fuck. Like it's the reality, right? Unless you can find a way to tell people this is going to affect your life personally, no one is going to do anything about it. Yeah, and I I would even argue that not only do they not give a fuck, but they're happy to join on team hate on this thing. Right. Yes. We love to hate on. Like people being sexual, right. so it's actually e- it's easier to recruit for the people, yeah. you know, who are like, let's hate on this, you know, thing or politicians, all of it. It's it's just set up for that. And so I wonder if for the educators, activists, all the people who are sitting down at you know family dinners or like neighborhood gatherings with people who you know you feel comfortable talking enough about this, and you might have some even like kind of half an ear or like a, you know you know, All the interest in, yeah. in the thing, in, 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 you know, listening to this or paying attention to it, um, to share with them, hey, here's, here's, you know, the top, the top level of how this is impacting you or will impact you or your children and that right. sort of thing. And that's how I, and I, I think also maybe what spared me some of the heartache of losing things is that 
I early on have segmented how I use my social media. So my, my Facebook is a lot of family. It's a, it's family friends, but, and also like people I've met over the years. So there are people that I'm not, that I'm super close with, or maybe I only know them through another person, but that's how people find me for, I still hide. Like I, cause I use my real name and while I don't mind people knowing my real name, I'm not going to give it to you. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like if you find me and you realize I'm also dirty Lola. Also, sometimes I share my dirty Lola stuff through my real, cause it's Facebook and I'm like, whatever. So I've garnered an audience from people that I like will go through, look at who they are, see who else they're following. I just don't accept people. So I don't, anybody who's not already friends with at least one or two sex educators. And then sometimes you have those people that are friends with a bunch of sex educators. Yeah. But you're like, they go look at their, their content. And I'm like, no, no. And, but I think for me, uh, being that I am talking to those people when I talk, like I am talking to people's grandmas and friends, my friends, parents, because a lot of those people follow me. And so I've been, that's what made me be more open about what I do on Facebook. Because Facebook used to just be muggle. I didn't really talk about work. And then when I realized like, Oh, I, I want to tell my friends and I lost my, I lost my dirty Lola Facebook when they did the real name thing, even though Lolita is my, god-given middle name and i had it on my birth certificate and was able to send them proof that it is a legal name they still took it away um because they said well dirty isn't your first name i'm like okay so can i just be lolita and they're like no whatever so i was just like yes everybody's gonna know my business because i'm gonna put it out there but that is what i've been doing and like trying to spark more of that like i'm gonna you're y'all gonna see stuff about sex work i'm gonna talk about this stuff um and then i think more of my other stuff happens on Twitter. Like I'm super raunchy on Twitter. I don't really do nudes anymore because that'll get you. Mm-hmm. I've just learned cleavage is fine. Things with scantily clad, but I used to, oh, you used to be able to do full. Yeah, well, here's the thing because on Twitter, like they can't they they have been slowly um, like erasing people or they'll shadow ban you. Ah, means new people can't find you. But also, I've I've just been moving into the I can be sexy in this thing, but not I'm not going to do that here. Mm-hmm. And then on Instagram, it's I'm just really careful. I think I also mix a lot of my stuff. Like I post mundane things, like oh I'm working on the beach, and then then there'll be some work stuff. And I'm not just like a solid. Every post is about what I do and I think that keeps me under the radar and I don't know if that's more of a tip or of like that might be a tip because I feel like if they feel like you're solely using your account like the people who I know who've gotten shut down or lost their account are like like math magazine who which is an indie porn magazine but it's art and mm-hmm. they it's an art porn magazine and they're and they're like well, we're fine with art and I was like okay well you're fine with art and they keep getting shut down. And I, and part of it, they, I realized it's like, yeah, because y'all, every post you do is this thing. Mm-hmm. So they keep getting pinged about it. So if I post three posts about like a cat, the beach, mm-hmm. an outfit, and then I talk about the app I'm sponsoring or mm-hmm. sex props or, or sex at a go-go, mm-hmm. I, a little bit under. And so that's just been my natural thing that I realized like, oh, I think this is why I'm flying where we are because I, I've already been doing this stuff. And it's, 
it's, I don't even know if that's like some people can't do that. Some people yeah. aren't using their, their accounts are just work accounts and they're not going to post like about a cat. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a lot of bobbing and weaving. Yeah. And I try to learn from other people. Like if I hear somebody get like, they got shut down. I'm like, why? Like, you know, did they tell you why did they, what was the thing? I do a lot of that of yeah. paying attention and I keep my ear to the ground. Like when everybody's like, we're going to move to the offshore like yeah, offshore yeah, yeah. Um, servers and things. And I'm yeah. like, well, y'all keep me posted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if people are still using Craigslist, for example, like right. working for roommates or like selling books or, you know, selling roses and all these things. Right. Uh, yeah, bobbing weaving is what you feel like a lot of people do. But at the same time, then doing what we're doing, we're just talking about it. And like you said, like, talking about what Sesta Boss is. So like mm-hmm. we did that yeah. in our the the was it the first no it was the second episode that went off. It was about yeah. long distance dating, but we talked about like, hey, yeah. you wanna like, you know, do sexy times with your partner who's long distance, yes. you're gonna lose your Skype account. And can we say actually as a as a so to be totally transparent, that shit was planned. Yeah, it was I don't remember who, about we, it. I think we both we like both landed like, on it when we you were talk talking about, about it. it way before a camera was rolling. Yeah. We're like, if we're talking about what's happening now, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I am not going to be like, go on Skype and Skype will solve all your problems. No, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about you don't. Pasta, how it's going to affect you. How if you, even, even if it's like your husband and you're not selling booty, yeah. which nothing's wrong with that, but if you're yeah. not even doing that, how like they can take your account. Yeah. Um, and, and then that spills over to like your PayPal account. So like if you everything's connected now. So it's yeah, something yeah. that PayPal has their hands in oh, and oh. you get shut down for one thing. They could go like, Oh, you've been doing sex work. We're taking all your all money. Your cash. We're going to take the money you have in your, which is why I empty my PayPal app as soon as I get money. I never, I don't use PayPal as a wallet. Stop no, doing ma'am. that y'all. Nope. No, nope. Take your money out of PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> like mm, it goes right into my bank account. That's I, pay, right. I pay that 10%. Cash, cash app. Yeah. A lot of people are doing that. They do cash app. Yeah. Because even Venmo is still paid though. Yeah, exactly. Cash app, you can get around some things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's those things. And I feel like we're in that, oh man, it feels like the Cold War. Like, I feel like we're on, this is the Berlin Wall like mm-hmm. years where we're like, we know this is wrong. Mm-hmm. We know, a lot of people know this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people know this is happening for the wrong reason. Yeah. And when I say a lot of people, people in power know this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's happening for the wrong reason. Until it starts affecting wallets of people in power, mm-hmm. it's not really going to change, but we can still fight. And I think that's the thing is, it's the resistance. Mm-hmm. Like I've just felt like I'm, this is who we're in the resistance now We're mm-hmm. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to yeah. put this out wherever I can, which is yeah. again, why sex props. We've been very like, we're going to talk about sex work. We're yeah. going to talk about Sesta Fosta. Yeah. We want to make sure this ends up on camera. Yeah. We're going to talk about these things and not be this like, hey, everybody, because yeah. I don't think that serves anyone. No. Yeah. yeah. So that was our intentional moment of saying, okay, well, let's, there's, you know, thousands of views on that episode. And this is our opportunity. You know, arguably some of those thousands of people never like had no idea what mm-hmm. it's about. And you know, hopefully like a couple of them, Googled about it, and that's that's one way, one little sliver of way of how to make change. Hopefully, grains of sand. Yeah, 
Oh my God. Thank you both so much. We're coming to the end of our show, but really this has been amazing. I, I know that we could be doing this for a couple more hours and we yeah. still wouldn't get out all of that passion. And I love it. We'll have to do another one of these. We'll be well. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So how can everybody reach out to you each, each and together after this? Yeah, um, I'm always on Twitter at Dirty Lola, same for Instagram, um, and you can reach out to me in my DMs there, or you can email me at Lola um, at sexedagogo.com. So that's like my, kind of my work email. People can ask questions or let me know if you want me to work on a thing with you. (laughs) I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Francisco NYC, and on the gram, FDRXYZ. And you can also just go to my website. It's my first and last name.com, Oh, awesome. Thank you both so much. And also be sure to check out their show, Sex Probs on the Cut. Uh, it, on my social media, you'll probably see me sharing it from time to time. So definitely check those out also. And yeah, really, thank you both again. I got so much education from you. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Oh my God. Thank you both so much. We're coming to the end of our show, but really this has been amazing. I, I know that we could be doing this for a couple more hours and we yeah. still wouldn't get out all of that passion. And I love it. We'll have to do another one of these. We will. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So how can everybody reach out to you each each and together after this? Yeah. Um, I'm always on Twitter at Dirty Lola. Same for Instagram. Um, and you can reach out to me in my DMs there. Or you can email me at Lola um, at sexedagogo.com. So that's like my kind of my work email. People can ask questions or let me know if you want me to work on a thing with you. <laughs> I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Francisco NYC, and on the gram, FDRXYZ. And you can also just go to my website. It's my first and last name.com, Francisco Ramirez.com. Oh, awesome. Thank you both so much. And also be sure to check out their show, Sex Probs on the Cut. Uh, on my social media, you'll probably see me sharing it from time to time. So definitely check those out also. And yeah, really, thank you both again. I got so much education from you. Awesome. Thank Thank you. you. This has been a great conversation. Join us next week for part two of this incredible two-part series, Redefining Sex in the Digital Age with Dirty Lola and Francisco Ramirez. Stay up to date with my podcast. You can also download and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. You can also learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at sdc.com. And travel with us. We're going to be in Ibiza from September 21st to the 26th, and we only have a couple of suites left, so book yours now. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality.